Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Sublime Soul Surrender. So excited to have all of you here listening in. My name is Cosmos, and I am here to introduce you to Brittany, who is a soul sister. She and I were both in the Vita coaching program that we both just recently finished our certification from. She is an anger alchemy coach. And I describe her as the bearer of truth who drops truth bombs like a laser beam. I have to say, there is nobody that can make complex conversation and complex thoughts into precise words with so much truth and essence in it like Brittany does. So I am incredibly happy that she is here with all of us, and I am not going to take any more of the airtime. I want Brittany to introduce herself and really share with the world all of the gifts that you have to offer. Hi, Brittany. Thank you for being here. Hi, Cosmos MD. I love it. And I will just say as a shout out, I've personally reached out to you for medical advice and the way that you've been able to like resource me and also calm me down of like the the mix between like an MD and a coach of like the understanding of your nervous system and the way shame and anger and fear, like how that wraps a person's emotional state when they get a medical diagnosis is it's sublime and it's soulful and it's surrendering. And so I love that you're Cosmos MD now. Thank you, Brittany. Wow. What a beautiful shout out. I am so grateful to you for those gorgeous words. And the reflection goes straight to you because I feel the same when I reach out to you too. The resource that we, I think both give each other is a gift that we received from Vida. So I am grateful to you too. And thank you for being here again. (laughs) Please tell us more about who you are. Yeah. And so I think kind of the best way to start is in terms of how did I become an anger alchemist, what that even is, um, is really so deeply rooted in my own background. I grew up as a Black American, and I remember really being told at such a young age that I would have to work twice as hard to get half as much as, you know, the dominant caste, aka white people in America got. And I realized over the course of my life is that they didn't tell me that I would actually end up being like 100 times more resentful. So working twice as hard, getting half as much, and then being filled with so much resentment and anger and rage. And so I really went through my life checking boxes, doing what other people told me would be good to do, So spending decades on this hamster wheel of achievement and always working towards the next thing. I knew at eight years old what like super prestigious white college I would go to. And in college, in high school, I was in honors and I majored in technology and I never like partied or had sets. Um, And I got a job at this really great high paying corporate role in cybersecurity. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, cybersecurity, like that's such a great, you know, place to be in. And so I was incredibly focused on really high achievement and never letting them see me sweat or never, you know, being caught unprepared. And I believe that if I worked hard enough or was articulate enough or had enough external markers of success, then that would get me something or get, you know, my basic humanity recognized. 
And throughout my kind of corporate environment, oftentimes I was the only woman or just non-cis white male there. I was the only black person. I was often the youngest person on my team. And I often felt really pigeonholed. I worked really hard to not be seen as the stereotypical angry black woman, even though I was constantly facing really anger inducing things. And I spent so much time and energy kind of bottling things up, politely smiling, saying no worries and wanting to be seen as anything but the angry black woman. And that all kind of ended up in this exhaustion of having to work twice as hard as getting mistaken as the the custodial staff often of being complimented on how articulate I was by people who were a little too surprised uh, to hear the way that I spoke. And that exhaustion really turned into simmering with this kind of low level resentment, which turned into a high level resentment, which turned into a really fake, performative, stagnant feeling in my career, also in my friendships and relationships, which turned into a real sense of emptiness about my life and numbness and disconnection. And so that kind of background, I came into a pretty, I will say, westernized sort of neo-spiritual world, um, doing things like mantras and positive affirmations and vision boarding and became vegetarian. And yet I still had this tension in my jaw at night. I was still grinding my teeth down to centimeters and my shoulders were always like high and tight. And I was real, really still fuming with rage and hurt that I hadn't dealt with. And in many of these like healing circles or spaces, they were very white dominated as most spaces and uh, the colonized world are. And I didn't see my lived experience represented. Um, so looking in these spaces, even in this personal development, I saw either an oversimplification of the complexities of my life as a black queer woman. I often felt like they were completely erased or actually running into the same sorts of microaggression or problematic behavior, but just covered in like new agey, neo-tantric, spiritual bypassing sort of lens. And even with that, I tried those tools and tried to, you know, forgive and let go. And none of that worked. And it always felt very surface level to me. And that's when I really realized that I had to face this anger that I'd carried around for decades, facing it really head on. And that's what led me to becoming an anger alchemist. Wow. I want to give grace for that. I want everybody to take a minute to absorb this truth, the story that Brittany just shared that's really deep and probably resonates with a lot of our listeners. Of course, everybody's struggles are their own, but there is a commonality in the three very incredibly distinct labels that you gave yourself that I think I really, really want to appreciate. Black queer woman. I want the world to really stop and hear that. So Brittany has to enter the world with those three really honest parts of who she is and be seen, be heard, be paid attention to, be taken seriously. And she shouldn't have to fucking fight for that. Like it should be as common as a 
white straight man or as a Indian queer non-binary. I mean, I can, we can change this in so many different ways. Right. But I really feel this in my, like my body is actually feeling goosebumpy that you've had to go through this and that you've carried this throughout your life. And I really applaud you for seeing that until you figured out how to express that anger, there was no way that you were going to be able to get through it. Anything else? Like it was superficial. Okay. Yes. Let's, you know, breathe and be in peace and say, everything is, you know, nice and beautiful from the outside, but the depth in the inside is like a volcano. Yeah. I'm so fucking excited that you did this, that you are doing it. And Oh my God, that you're bringing this to other people. So can we talk about that? Because I would love for people to understand, like, what do you do? So you and I both know the spectrum of emotions and how important it is for us to embody all of them and that there are no negative aspects to emotions in the sense that we're supposed to and should welcome all of them. But society wants us to be like a nice little pretty box and not show the things that are a little bit more ugly or more difficult for people to see in another person. So what I'd love to hear is how you take, how you have taken and how you continue to take the anger and how you alchemize it, how you make that work for yourself. What does that look like? I love this question so much. And I, will echo so much of that being taught in in society at large of the need to repress certain emotions, things like anger, like rage, like grief, like jealousy, resentment, all of these things that I now focus on (laughs) very heavily in my work because of my own lived experience. I found that my anger used in measured contained doses was actually my most authentic power source I've ever found. And so I've really discovered that through learning how to work with this, it has completely changed my life. Audre Lorde, another incredible Black queer woman, said that anger is loaded with information and energy. And being able to learn how to really leverage our anger to become our greatest teacher, to actually guide us to our most fulfilled life. And so as a result of learning how to alchemize my own rage, I was able to speak up in the bedroom and the boardroom without apologizing first, really being okay with letting friends go and letting that kind of like shift and alchemize and change my own personal friendships. And as I mentioned, having this deeper fulfillment and meaning in my life because it's coming from the most authentic power source that I have found. And so I think in order to do this, it really requires first a shift in how we even understand and relate to our own anger. Um, I know for myself and for so many of us, I really saw it as destructive. And really thinking about anger in the way that we see white men maybe go off or have these super angry outbursts. And those of us who live in melanated skin, especially those of us who are not cis men, 
are, in my experience, heavily surveyed, targeted, rarely given the benefit of the doubt. And for especially for Black people being have uh, experiences where security is called or the police are called on you at like the slightest infraction and to even tap into the amount of rage we have just personally, much less ancestrally that I believe we carry in our bones, it can be really overwhelming. And I relate it to gasoline. So gasoline can, of course, be incredibly destructive. You think about a a pool of it on the ground, it can instantly become this raging, uncontrollable fire. Um, And so I think when we think of our anger in that way, it's not like flipping tables like a real housewife or cursing someone out in public or um, all of these, you know, very like loud, extravagant ways that we see anger being expressed. But much like gasoline, if it's used in a measured contained dose with the spark of of electricity at the right moment, it turns into power and fuel for our cars. And even we can see this with things like solar and wind energy, it can be harvested and converted into a power for our daily lives and activities. And I think that it really is a similar process in terms of anger alchemy, being able to harvest it and essentially allowing ourselves to release it within our bodies and even using our pleasure, um, igniting it with the alignment of our life's purpose or our, our own deep truth. And then converting it into this, back into this original life-giving force in a way that's useful and constructive instead of destructive. What a fabulous analogy. Gasoline, absolutely, without the right containment, becomes uncontrollable. And when you're able to really learn how to contain it, you can light it up and it can be the source of so much. What beautiful analogy to say that anger is equivalent to that gasoline. Uncontrollable anger versus anger that's had its ability to be harnessed. Yes. Love that. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to share with our audience some of the ways that you harness that? Yeah, great question. And I think that For me, it's been such a process and I am actually, even as I continue to work with it, flowing between this yin and yang uh, of ways of expressing and harnessing my rage. When I first started, I think that so much of my life and just certainly in Western society, we're taught to be so disconnected from our bodies. I was literally, you know, living from the neck up. And so for me, a really powerful place to start was letting myself and my body express the anger um, in a controlled way. So that means going into my own room and even setting a timer. I think a time container was very, very helpful at first um, and really allowing myself to scream, to let myself process things. I love to do things like shaking where I simply just shake my entire body kicking. Um, I even got into this epic practice called conscious twerking, which I have a video. I wish we had a podcast with a video so I could show everybody some conscious twerking. The conscious twerking was powerful, really allowing myself and my body to really shake that through. And even doing that process regularly helped so much with my TMJ, which is this 
you know, for those of us who aren't medical professionals, this hinge in my jaw, back of my neck, shoulders, I think for so many people, myself included, have like chronic tension or tightness or my shoulders were constantly in this really high tight state. And so just giving myself really basic level, um, the ability to express and kind of shake things through had such an incredible impact. And then over time, I even began to work even more with pleasure and using that to alchemize as well, which is just, as you can imagine, has <laughs> blown the roof off of my alchemy. Wow. I mean, that's got to be the best pleasure practice at the end of it. I can only I can think about gasoline. So people, seriously, listen to this. You want to access that depth of pleasure and there's any amount of anger that's not been met alchemize it with Brittany so that then you can have the best, probably I'm guessing the best full body orgasm with a pleasure filled. Yes. She is nodding her head. So yes, that's a yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. One of the things I tell a lot of my patients, and I just want to share this with you and see what you think about this. I had an anger phase, like most people that have lived a life of a certain length of time. And I went into boxing. And now I'm an Indian in Boston and there's a part of Boston called Southie. Southie is the South part of Boston. It is the typical, the stereotype of Southie is typically a white Irish population of people and men at the boxing gym. Obviously it's not like that hundred percent, but that is the stereotype. So I walk in there as this very naive Indian angry woman no idea what I'm going to expect, but I'm wanting to release anger because I feel like that's what I need to do. Because I used to tell my patients, kick, scream, get a pillow, beat up a pillow with the bat, take a pillow and scream into it. Don't lose your voice, but like let out this anger because if you don't, it's just going to eat you up and it's going to continue to create, like you described, TMJ as an example. So I go in there. They were so sweet to me. They knew I had no fucking idea what I was doing. And they were amazing. And I definitely felt awkward because I was the only person of color. There were other women. So amazing shout out to women that are those, you know, fucking strong people. And I started to box and I noticed my anger dissolved over time. It wasn't that long. Honestly, it was a a few periods of going there. And then I was noticing my body felt different. I felt lighter. What was really impressive, as out of all of the sports I've done before, those were the nicest nicest people I had ever interacted with. And this is my theory. My theory is they're constantly exerting out that energy. They're constantly using their body in a way that if there is anything there to release, it is being released. So there's nothing left. So they're the nicest people, even though you would expect when you stand somewhere and watch them in a boxing ring, you would expect that they're a bunch of angry motherfuckers and they're not. They're like the nicest people. So I wanted to ask you in your experience of doing this as an anger alchemist, have you met others? And do you see that? Also, have you seen the change in yourself? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I love that these these Southie boxers are the nicest people. The nicest people. So shout out to my Southie boxers. Shout out to Southie in general. And thank you for welcoming this, you know, old Indian woman and treating her well. (laughs) 
I love it. And I have totally seen a similar thing. I think when we think about, in my own case, like the angry black woman or specifically women of color who are seen as angry or bitter or resentful or just constantly, you know, negative. I actually think that, as you mentioned earlier, I don't think any emotion is bad or wrong, but it's when you repress your anger and then you're in a constant, like resentful, bitter state that people can live in for, you know, decades, if not their entire lives. And I have found in myself releasing and allowing myself this regular container or space to be as petty and vengeful and angry as I want. It, I actually don't have that much anger. Like if you give yourself that container long enough, I often find anger is kind of like the tip of the iceberg or just the signal of so many other, you know, beautiful, insightful, amazing emotions that often lie underneath it. And that you've been able to see. It's like you're unpacking a gift box. The bow is the anger and maybe a wrapping, maybe rage. And maybe underneath that, maybe jealousy. And underneath that might be, I don't know, you want to share some more so people can start to relate what are the types of emotions if they're experiencing that they could consider doing the practices you're describing? Yes, absolutely. I want to shout out someone who I low-key Instagram stalk. (laughs) 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 Go find this. Uh, His name is Lama Rod Owens. He's this incredible Black gay Buddhist who wrote a phenomenal book called Love and Rage. And I've learned so much from him. And he often speaks about how anger is just the signal. And underneath, there's often a deeper hurt that needs to be recognized. There's often grief. And I'm learning this more and more in my work as I'm seeing clients and and working with them, that anger is actually, you know, a part of the grieving phase. And so many of us have different experiences. You and I have talked personally around, this even kind of gets into the whole shedding shame thing of like, I wish that my sexuality could have been that I was someone who didn't have sex for the first time until I was 24, as you know, And I wish that I would have partied more in college instead of been so focused and trying to get a job or all of these different experiences or things that I, we often feel that we missed out on. And there's an anger and there's a resentment there because there actually is a grieving process and a recognition and an honoring of what we lost. So then we can kind of further move into what our lives will be like. Yes, absolutely. I think that if we can remember the five stages of grief, right? If everybody takes a second and recollects that you cannot get to acceptance unless you go through anger Mm. and you're going to have your, so you have your sadness, you have your denial, then you're going to have your negotiation and then you're going to have your anger and then you're going to have your acceptance. If you don't do the anger, if you bypass that, the grief is not going to be gone. It's going to come back. Triggers will constantly remind you of something in your body, somewhere or the other, and it's going to come back and to, to a point where you'll end up seeing somebody like me in a clinic, but do it early and see somebody like Brittany and get some goddamn pleasure out of it. Right? Oh my goodness. I'm so glad that you brought up pleasure and how um, we can actually infuse pleasure 
and expand our capacity. In my experience, we, it's like a faucet, you know, the one single faucet. It's not just, I want to expand the like pleasure and have orgasms and love my body and be able to not feel so ashamed or awkward while having sex. But then like all of the anger and resentment and hurt and grief, like not really going to work with that part. And so in my practices, one of the things I love to weave into the way that I coach clients and my one-on-one coaching packages is really even starting with pleasure and even sensuality. And so I love calling this, this pleasure foundation to really support you to get into your body and to alchemize rage and to do this in a way where we actually use so much more of our capacity beyond just our brain that lives in our head. Um, As I'm sure you probably know, I have a YouTube video around all of the different brains in our bodies and the neuronal pathways that happen between, you know, in our heart and the electromagnetic field there, as well as our gut brain. In the video, I talk about how I believe we also have a genital brain as well, although it's not back up with my science yet, but essentially allowing ourselves to actually bring in and weave together these emotions that we often see as kind of counterintuitive. So this is called pendulation, but it's essentially where we can allow ourselves the container to do something pleasurable or to create a loving space. And this can be as simple as like stroking your hands across your face or your hair, or even just basically getting in touch, physical tactile touch with your own body in a way that creates pleasure. And that can be, you know, anywhere along the scale of pleasure and then allowing yourself to get in touch with the somatic or body-based impression of what anger feels like in your body. And you can do this by thinking about something that pisses you off, something that may be minor, something that might be major, and then really getting curious and exploring what does that feel like in my body. For me, it's often a very hot sensation. Sometimes it can radiate and shoot up my spine. Or as we talked about TMJ, find the places that anger likes to hang out in your body. And I know for myself, so many of my clients, I didn't even know I was angry until I ate an entire bag of Chips Ahoy cookies and was like, oh, I'm probably, there's probably some emotion there that would cause me to, you know, like overeat or do some behavior. And so it can also be such a skill to even get to the point where you can recognize and acknowledge to yourself first that you feel angry and then get an understanding of what that feels like in your body. Wow. I, I, can I go back? I'm, this really happens where I'm lost for words, but I'm actually for a second, not lost for words. I'm impressed. So impressed. I'm going to go back to the anatomy, the brains of the body. I want you to write a book. <laughs> so I will definitely support this. The nervous system integrates all of these parts of the body that you mentioned, including the genitals. Yes. There is no question whatsoever that there is a brain throughout your body. What science does not yet know is enough about the brain. But what we do know enough about the brain is it is all comprised of nerves and fat. Those nerves also are all over our body, which is why we feel what we feel. So there is no question in my mind that you are absolutely right that there is a brain in the genitals. We know you feel when you have emotions. 
you feel things in other parts of your body, including your genitals. We know that. What we've done is we've shut down the ability to accept that. And so you speaking up about it is letting people accept when they feel it, that it's real. It's not in their head, meaning it's not made up. Yes, it started from your head because that's where feeling actually gets recognized, but where you're getting the stimulus and the reception is in your genitals. There's no question. And when we can integrate the mind, the brain, and the genitals, as an example, you can actually start to transfer the recognition from the brain to the genitals and start to feel the sensation there as enough to tell you there is something. And it's not limited to the genitals, right? It can be in your toe. So I love what you said. I really want to say that out loud. There are brains all over our body, not just in our skull. And Brittany is going to write a book one day and it's going to be called The Brains of Our Body. (laughs) I'm just telling that you right now out loud. Can't take that back. I love that you mentioned pendulation. And I love that there's enough for people to go back with recognizing how you described it. Thank you for taking that time to describe how you go through it personally. Really appreciate that. And I really love that you described how, when you do start to feel that sensation, how you find that location in your body, and then how you, as you use in your description of your coaching, you alchemize it and you change it you transmute it, and then it becomes maybe a ragegasm or an angergasm, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. That's, that's some of the best, (laughs) the best ways to alchemize anger or certainly one of the most pleasurable ways. And I think for myself and my own journey as you and I love that Cosmos MD is validating that we have brains. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All over. Say it out loud. We'll do a research study. <laughs> I love it. And so exactly as you mentioned, we can actually begin to heal and, and really transform our lives and certainly our own internal world through connecting with our bodies, including our genitals, doing things like a conscious working practice or like conscious masturbation, aka self-pleasure, can really be such a powerful place to reprogram and heal your nervous system in ways that I personally did not find in talk therapy um, in ways that really kind of left out my entire body. Or if I had some sort of body ache, it was like, well, you need to go to a doctor as if that's completely unrelated to my background and to my emotions or the environment that I was living in and working in. So absolutely. And I think that just as a taste, as a dipping our toe into the angergasm, ragegasm world, I will say that I think it starts with this ability, as we talked about, to have more and really build this muscle of getting curious around the way emotions feel in your body and really mapping that from head to toe and then allowing ourselves to flow and to be open with it. So I think one step, which is, you know, an incredible step is to recognize the tension that I feel in my pelvis and which is also, as you know, deeply related to your jaw 
And then it's another step to actually be okay with that tension and to breathe into that tension and to sound into that tension and to allow that sensation to flow without you trying to control it or labeling it as anger and this is bad. And then really through your own process, conscious twerking, conscious masturbation and allowing that to flow and having this really organic flowing powerful relationship with your own anger. And I think that involves following it all the way to the source. As you mentioned, it's not just, right, this is anger and that's it. I I rarely find that it's just anger. So it's flowing all the way through that river and having anger really be this teacher and deliver deliverer of deeper insights. Yes, deliverer of deeper insights. Absolutely. I really hope our audience is hearing that your feelings, your emotions are not to be dismissed. And all of your emotions, if you follow them, will give you that direct line to insight. If you allow yourself to not reject those feelings, if you allow yourself to welcome them, to invite them, to embody them, and not to push them under the carpet, not to push them into a little box that was supposed to be open in, I don't know, X number of years or never. Allow yourself to embrace it without fear. And seriously, all of you reach out to Brittany. In the show notes, you will have her contact information. I would also like to know, Brittany, if you could say it out loud for those that won't read the show notes, because we know that a lot of people are just listening. Can you tell people how they can get in touch with you? Yes, absolutely. I am really on Instagram a lot. And my handle there is Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y underscore the anger alchemist. I think I'm the only anger alchemist on Instagram. Love it. You are trailblazer. And I also have weekly YouTube videos, which you can find the link in my bio on Instagram. And yeah, I would love to reach out and talk about anger and talk about your own experiences and the power that can happen to your body and to your life through alchemizing this beautiful emotion. Oh my God. Imagine all of you as like fireworks. So get in touch with Brittany and become your own firework. This was so phenomenal. We could keep talking and we will, you and I. And if the audience reaches out to you, they will keep talking to you too. And I love that you took the time out to share something that is incredibly complex and so important. And I really, again, want to hold space for all that you've gone through. You know, we may be laughing and joking around as we're talking about it, but this is hard work and you've gone through a lot to get to where you are at the moment. And so I just really want to honor that all you've been through, all your ancestors have been through and hold space for everybody else listening that have been through experiences that make them feel like they've not been heard and they've not been listened to and they have any unexpressed or repressed rage, anger, emotions of that sort. And I want to thank you for sharing your story, being so honest and vulnerable with us with so much love, Brittany. I am so grateful to you. Thank you so, so much for that, for your sharing and for being here together. Thank you so much, Cosmos MD. This was a pleasure. Uh, For more in the future, we shall have you back again. 
and everybody else out there listening. I hope you all have a beautiful morning, night, afternoon, wherever you may be. Please come back and listen to more because we will be back again. I'm signing out with Brittany and saying good night, Brittany, and sending all of you lots of love. <laughs>